We are live. There we go. Just setting setting up the TV a bit. We're trying out new things, you know. Always improving the company. Let's see if it's updated there. Lads, I'm in the back. Oh, there we go. There it is. Nice. I mean, what a week. You know, you guys are gonna be very happy. You guys will be happy with uh, what we have in store for this episode. It's, you, can, you can fix it as well. Yeah. I think it'll be fine. It's just loading in. Yeah. But um, without I'm, I'm arriving now. Yeah. Hello, there everyone. Is. And now that you arrived, we can say welcome back to the Cog Weekly Podcast, Season Three, Episode Twenty Eight. Take off the lanyard. It's almost like I just got out of the car. Yeah. I mean, you did. We just arrived <laughs> downtown studio. Yeah, the studio yeah. downtown and whatnot. Just got here. You know. Yeah. Pulled up in the Ferrari yep, yep. after all of the studio monies <laughs> yeah. that we've made. The bonus whatnot. check that we have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Well, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. It was a huge week, Derby week, Derby week, however you want to pronounce yeah. it. There's mm-hmm. many, many different ways. Many. But uh, yeah, three big games that we highlighted last week in predictions that we'll go over. We have predictions for this coming week to go over. We will also talk about or a little bit about the Champions League game that happened today. And then a huge thing that we're incorporating in today's episode will be a combined 11 of the COG Derby, which includes the last game, the last COG Derby that happened, and also, you know, general performances from the entire season. So that'll come later on. Make sure you stay. If you're watching on Spotify right now, Thank you so much. And also, we hope you like the yes. new feature. If you're not watching on Spotify, you have go to over to Spotify because yeah. you can watch it. You can't watch it live if you want to get it live. Yeah. Still come on YouTube. But we did work out an agreement with Spotify. And we got <laughs> the podcast on there. I mean, technically speaking, we did. We did. We did. So, with uh, Anchor and y- Spotify. Yeah, with Anchor yeah. and Spotify. So you have to, you have to respect it. It's um, very cool. It was a long process of yeah. getting it on there. And uh, we finally got it. So... You can now watch our podcasts on the app, which is awesome. It's basically if you want, you ever want to like, you're watching a YouTube video and you want to like turn it off, but still be listening to the audio. It's b- yep. basically that you can have the video. If you want to like go do something or leave your phone behind, you can turn it off and it will still play just like a regular Spotify episode. Precisely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great feature. Super excited to have it incorporated into the podcast along with a lot of other things that are going to be coming throughout the next month or two. So keep your eyes peeled for all of that. But without further ado, shall we start with the Hassani of the week for this week? I am very excited to announce three different candidates, as always. Three candidates who had outstanding weeks being Gabe Jesus with four goals and one assist, uh, Eddie Enketia with two goals, and... Emmanuel Reynoso, someone we don't quite get. Yeah, it's a hometown. It is. It's someone we don't get quite get into the podcast no. <laughs> super frequently. But that being said, definitely deserves it. So those three, Gabriel Jesus, Eddie Nketiah, and Emmanuel Reynoso, mm-hmm. are the three from or for the Hassani of the week. Are you trying to go left to right or right to left? Um, You know what? Maybe right, right to left, maybe. Right to left? Yeah. Mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Sounds good. All right, so we're starting with Mr. Eddie Nketia. As you can see on the screen, the man is holding the Chelsea corner flag. Mm-hmm. Great, great little edit from our production yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It, whoever does those, whoever does those, does a yeah. very solid very, very job. Good job. <laughs> wink, wink to whoever that may yeah. be. 
but let's let's talk about it. Fantastic performance. Yeah, big big game. Uh, it was a top four clash, Ch- Chelsea and Arsenal. I think. So the one thing, yeah, he scored two goals and it was a four two win. Um, huge for Arsenal in their um top four push. But I don't know if you saw the two goals. They were two, somewhat. You know, he was capitalizing on Chelsea defender mistakes. The first one, I think Christensen left a back pass short um, to Mendy and Nketiah ran onto it and then was just one-on-one with Mendy and slotted it home. The other one, the ball bounced around a whole lot uh, before Nketiah basically just grabbed it in front of Thiago Silva um, and just put it away within like eight yards of the goal. So two, not two insanely good yeah. goals, but two goals nonetheless in a huge game for Arsenal. So Huge, huge game. I mean, yeah. showing up big, the youngster is really doing... I mean, Eddie doing what he does best, and we haven't seen it entirely <laughs> from the lad yeah. over the past couple seasons as he's gotten into the first team, but really good to see... You know, the impact that he's making, it kind of reminds me of Anthony Alanga and mm-hmm. whatnot throughout this season um, with, you know, a a good impact on really important games. Exactly. Um, second player in the middle there, one of our most known players from our hometown team, Emmanuel Reynoso, got a goal and an assist in a 3-0 win against the Chicago Fire this weekend, and it was... Two uh, very good contributions. One was incredible. The, uh, did you see the whole game? Because I know you were watching parts of it. But I mean, Reynoso's goal was incredible. Absolutely fantastic. Great first touch. Great finish. Um, and then the assist came from a corner as well. In a very, you know, important game to get our home form back on track. I'd say the home form with Minnesota United has been similar to the likes of Brighton Hove Albion. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Obviously, this is getting a little bit sidetracked, but Brighton Hove Albion currently, my club, if if you are familiar Mm -hmm. or unfamiliar, um, we have the worst home form, so the worst amount of wins at home in all of England's four professional leagues. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, we have the worst home form in all of Europe's top five leagues. So really, any club that anyone might be able to name off the top of their head, even if you play FIFA, yeah, has better home form than us. Yep. That's incredibly bad. And I feel like that will come up maybe later in the podcast. It will. When we talk about the Cog Derby. But um, great performance from Reynoso, who, you know, we've always wanted him to keep contributing how he did when he first came to the team a couple years ago. And he did that this weekend. Lastly, you know, I'd say maybe a standout out of all of the... Gabriel, we have to talk about him. Gabriel Jesus had four goals, one assist versus Watford. um, And then just today, before recording, got another goal against Real Madrid. 11th minute. One of the best um, semifinal legs of, you know, all time. I would would say all time, but we can talk about it Mm -hmm. more... I don't know if it quite makes it up there for no. me. That being said, absolutely outstanding. I was talking to my dad uh, yesterday about the Champions League and the World Cup and all these like famous competitions yeah. right? that have a lot of prestige. And we were talking about how oftentimes the buildup to a game is more 
essential to the experience of the fan than the actual game itself. Mm -hmm. And what you remember is the buildup and getting ready and, you know, all of that stuff that comes along with the World Cup or the Champions League, you know, the anthem, the songs that come out, yeah. the good weather for the for the World Cup. Mm -hmm. So that that being said, we were trying to like find times that that like wasn't true and it totally just dropped the day after we were talking about it, a game where the buildup was big, but I would say the 90 minutes on the pitch were even bigger. I'd say so as well. I I mean, I feel like for all the Champions League games, they always just pop up and you're like, "Oh, there's a game today." Like I, I never I never like think about, "Oh yeah, on Tuesday this game is happening." But then I randomly check usually on the day or the day before and I'm like, "Oh, this is a huge game that no one's really talked about until the game starts and then everyone's talking about it." It's just yep. weird. Weird thing, but I mean, you watch more of the game than i did but i mean four three for any game is just pure entertainment it was and, just an outstanding game yeah it was i mean the class is is so there mm -hmm. everyone is on point every time anyone makes a mistake which there are not many no, with yeah. these players in the field but every time someone makes a mistake the other team and the other players are immediately able to capitalize on it so it's so cutthroat it's such a high level it's such a high intensity the fans were involved which Similar to Brighton, similar to Minnesota United. Doesn't necessarily happen too often at the Manchester <laughs> no, City <yeah>. Stadium. <laughs> um, so it was it was a very, very good night of football, or if you're in the United States, very good afternoon of football. Um, and Gabe Jesus, like we talked about, you know, w had a really big part of that performance with an 11th-minute goal, which was really solid, which followed four previous goals this week. Giving him five, which obviously gets him in for a Hassani of the Week candidate. Yeah, and I would even say, even though Manchester City won the game 4-3, I'd say Real Madrid are very close to being called like winners of this match. Because to only lose by one goal, but also concede four goals at the Etihad is like, to stay in that game is very impressive. And then you're going back at home for the second leg only needing you know a one goal two goals in that game win to go through and i think that's very doable and they've they've shown it with benzema's hat trick psg chelsea they've come back i mean they're more than capable of both you know staying in that game and then showing it in the second leg totally well shall we decide on our hassani of the week for season three episode 28 yes okay i'm sure. i'm putting in my vote do you want to do like a blind written kind of thing today I, I feel like we could we yes. want to say it on three like like a way for us to not try and agree you know what i mean well i feel like we agree well okay <laughs> on three right yeah, yeah. Just write it down separately that's what i was thinking oh this is cheeky but, you, know, you want to i don't know you, you want to try Wait, let's do the same like, on same. three on yeah. three okay yeah. so you go you count to three and we'll go no no you have to do it out loud the viewers can hear <laughs> yeah there you go Gabriel Jesus. Jesus. Okay, there so we, we have we have yeah. the same similar answer here. I, I think it's clear. It is clear. Yeah. I you know, you just gotta increase the intensity before we reveal mm -hmm. Reynoso and Eddie both Bebelo, should I say, mm -hmm. and Eddie both gave a very good fight, but when you score five goals in a week, it's it's hard not to win the Sony yeah. week, especially when you're playing for Manchester City. Yeah. So Gabriel Jesus, congratulations if you're listening. 
if you're listening, that's a whole other story as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, that'd be huge. <laughs> but if you are listening, congratulations. And uh, and yes, you are the Hassan Week for season three, episode 28. Now for the rating, we have to decide. Out of 10, what we think his rating is. So last episode, Cristiano Ronaldo got Hassani of the Week with a hat-trick versus Norwich, which gave him a 7.9. Um, some other notable performances this season have been Benzema, on episode 24, with three against PSG in a Champions League quarterfinal with an 8.8 rating. And I would say Anthony Alanga with a goal versus Atleti in a Champions mm-hmm. League round of 16 game with an 8 rating. So that gives you a little bit of perspective, you know. It's hard to creep into the nines. Benzema with an absolutely fantastic performance didn't even do it. That being said, what are you thinking for Gabriel Jesus's rating? I, I'm in the area of 8.6 to 8.7 okay and i say that because you know you look at benzema's performances that have got him the hassani and that's multi-goal both champions league and then also in um the domestic league so i'm it was against watford which you know you have to take into account as well ben foster Um, had a bit of trouble handling that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for the cycling GK cycling here. GK. You know, we're big fans of his. We, we are. Can't, we won on the podcast at some point. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that for that reason, I'm going to go 8.65. Okay. Because okay. I can't. I don't want to go 0.7 because I would rival Benzema's four against Chelsea in the two legs. And he, Jesus hasn't quite done that yet. He has scored one. Um, but I think 8.65 is fair. All right. Sounds good. For my rating, I'm going to go with an 8.5. Okay. I just, like you said, the the 8.8 for Benzema and the 8.75. Benzema, by the way, if you don't know, is a two-time winner of the Hassani of the Week in the last nine episodes, which mm-hmm. is incredible. And to be honest, came close to making it onto the nomination sheet again with yep. two goals today in the Champions League. So he is absolutely firing on all cylinders. But given the quality of his performances, 8.8 and 8.75, I don't think he creeps up there. And Kelleher, the goalkeeper, or should I say the backup goalkeeper for Liverpool, who won the Carabao Cup, uh, got an 8.5 that week when he won it. Um, so I, I would put him in that region. You know, obviously the, the stage wasn't the same, but the skill level you know, was much higher. So I think it evens out to an 8.5. So I'm going 8.5 and you said 8.65. Yes. And then we have one rating 8.4. That came in a text. From Chris. Okay. Uh, Reasoning was one goal was a pen against Watford and KDB, Kevin De Bruyne is dropping dimes. So maybe he's saying they were- This is true. KDB is dropping dimes. That's something that we should talk about. Kevin De Bruyne ever since like February has been- insane very consistent i don't think he's had a performance where it's like yeah hassani worthy but i mean it's he's funny getting... he's we talk about it every episode yeah. he's really on track for that player of the year. player of the year versus hassani of the year yeah, yeah it's 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 crazy but we have three in we'll let the chat go for like a little bit longer to see if anyone else wants to contribute mm-hmm. and put a rating in there for the main man gabriel jesus but right now he's looking at an eight point five one. I think we just round that. Yeah, eight eight point. Well, it's eight point five one six, so eight point five two. Are we really going to the hundredth place here? 
Well, we did here. Oh, we have. Here. We have. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of have to once you with the seven fives, it makes it a bit tricky. But I think hundredth. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go eight point five two in a little bit if no one else um, wants to add anything. But um, that's a very respectable, very respectable score. I think I agree. I mean, I, as always, him... I agree with the scoring that we've done, and I totally. think I agree. I think just a sliver above Kelleher's performance would be. Yeah. I mean, that puts him at third place right now since Hassani data has been recorded. Yeah. That's really good. That's really nice. Hassani era. (laughs) Yeah. Since the Hassani era. Exactly. (laughs) All right. I think that that concludes our time. So 8.52 is Mr. Gabriel Jesus's. Now I got to write it all in. Sorry for not having the graphic, by the way. We had a lot of other graphics that were moving about, and you'll see them later today. So we're just slowly rolling new ones out. Um, But yes, Gabriel Jesus with a respectable 8.52 in episode 28 with five goals in the last seven days Mm -hmm. since our last episode. That is fantastic. Congrats again, Gabriel Jesus. And now we can move on to covering what happened this past week. So we're going to cover the three games that we predicted and then just some other games. Do you want to start? Because we actually have already talked about it a little bit with the Champions League game that happened today. Sure. Okay, so like we said, absolute thriller. Mm-hmm. 4-3 victory for Man City at the Etihad. First thing I have to ask you is what do you think about this result from a Pep Guardiola perspective? Do you think that he will be happy about taking the three points? Or, I mean, you wouldn't say three points, but taking the win and, yeah. and having more on the board than them going in with aggregate to the next game? Or are you thinking this is more of a loss because now we have to go play at the Bernabeu, Real Madrid are pretty much destined to score goals, and it's going to be a tough game? I think he's going to have mixed emotions because, one, he scored four goals against Real Madrid, so you're obviously finishing pretty well on your chances, but at the same time... Um, you know, just looking at the stats themselves, you did have more shots, more possession, and to only come away with, you know, we're used to Man City. If they are in the advantage of a lot of stats, they're usually winning by at least two goals probably in a lot of these yep. games. But to only get away with one goal and then with the threat of having another leg away and Real Madrid's history of coming back in these big games, I think it's – you're – happy you didn't lose you're happy you didn't tie because i'm sure a win was definitely the goal but in that manner i think only a one goal win was maybe not quite what he had in mind and obviously conceding three goals at home is also yeah it's a it's a really tough one and i think that might be down to john stones coming out in like the 15th minute um and fernandinho replacing him Mm -hmm. playing in that right back position uh, the other thing to note would be that Joao Cancelo, uh, due to accumulation of yellow cards, yeah. could not participate in this game. So they were missing arguably their best defender in Joao Cancelo. I know he's not really defensive, but still absolutely fantastic defender for them. And then they were playing Fernandinho in that right-back spot, which is really tough. Uh, Vinicius scored a fantastic goal coming down the left side for Madrid or the right side for City. So he was going up against Fernandinho, and he had a couple incredible megs on him. Did you see the one where he just left it? Yeah, I did. It was like absolutely unreal. So he, I think Vinicius really took advantage of that opportunity and overall was able to very successfully exploit and, and capitalize on Fernandinho playing that 
right back position. And I think that that goes to show with the scoreline. You know, a penalty is kind of hard on Eric Laporte with the handball. It's a bit, I mean, it wasn't iffy on the penalty, but it's a bit like unlucky, you could say. Yeah. It, it, was, it wasn't one where you would expect him to be doing anything else when you're jumping in the air for a header. If you didn't see it, he jumped up for a header. He raised his hands and then the ball came off the top of his head almost like a flick on and hit his hand. So it's kind of, it's natural, but it's extended. So they had to give the penalty, which Karim Benzema finished very, very well with the Panenka. But an unlucky goal, and then having Fernandinho play right back, it's its really tough. No, yeah. And also, you know, scoring like 90 seconds into the match is also similar to the Chelsea-Real Madrid game where Chelsea did score early on because they did need to come back Chelsea did um so Real Madrid I think maybe are vulnerable early on in games yeah but they're always in the game and they can always find a they way they always find back. a way to come yeah. back it's actually ridiculous yeah so I mean I I know you said it's mixed emotions I'm saying if I'm Pep here that's tough that's a really hard win to take yeah. because you're going to the Bernabeu you have to play at a very historic stadium with a lot of character and against a team with a lot of character they're going to fight until the end so I I think it's going to be very tough for Man City to come away I mean it's not a cakewalk right now you can't just no. sit back and expect to to tie this game or or get away with a 2-1 win or or whatever you know you might see from a, a Conte or a Jose Mourinho you can't expect that against this Real Madrid and with the with the team that Pep has. So it's tough because you have to go there, you have to score, and Real Madrid are probably going to exploit you in a lot of areas. Yep. And I mean I just saw that Panenka penalty and it wasn't it wasn't it was very It was high. Yeah. Like, he, he it almost was hit one it of those over where it's just like a little chip and it like barely like bounces in. He sent it. It was a full on chip like very close to hitting the bar so. oh yeah when i saw it like go in i was like that is so ballsy like yeah, he exactly. he lined up for that and mm. really like it i always wonder because some people with the panenka they really extend their leg back right and yeah they'll hit through it but he didn't he he extended it back like a quarter like if you're imagining a golf swing right yeah he went back maybe a quarter of the way mm -hmm. for like a full swing yeah and then he hit it so you would think that Possibly the goalkeeper would have seen his leg go back less and would have recognized it. But regardless, with only a quarter of the swinging motion, you know, only a quarter of, I don't know, the physics term for that, but he was able to absolutely rifle that ball with Panenka style. Yeah, so, exactly. Very um, good goal. Came classily. And did you classily. see... Yeah, classily. I mean, yeah. we make it into a word. Yeah. Did you see Bernardo Silva's goal? I did. Unbelievable. He he could be also in there for player of the year just based on totally. consistency. Totally. I'm putting him as him and KDB. The only reason KDB struggles is because the beginning of the season. Yeah. But him and KDB are both midfielders of the season in the Premier League. Yeah. Like totally. Yeah. And Without I would I would argue and now this would be a much more <laughs> argued on position. I'm not gonna say Enoch and Webb yeah. or anyone, but James or Prowse, maybe James or Prowse maybe makes it in there. No, I would say uh Tiago. Could make it in there. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely. And people definitely. are gonna be like, "Oh no, Fabinho is way better." Blah 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 blah. No, Thiago is. He's class. definitely come into so class this season, doing a lot better. And, um, you know, speaking on Liverpool former and former Bayern player. Oh, Thiago. he is. He is. We can speak on either. Which one do you want to go? Dare. It's either the dare or the mercy. 
We can go quick dare. Quick dare. Um, All right. Because there's not a whole lot. It was expected. We predicted a Bayern win, and that's what happened. Three-one Bayern win. They clinched their tenth Bundesliga title in a row. Absolutely outrageous. Um, just incredible. Uh, but like, do you think so? You see that stat, and then you also, you know, Juventus have that similar stat before last season where they had like nine in a row or something like that. Um, PSG have won a lot. What do you think is like the least competitive league out of the top five? This is a tough question. Just based on the same team winning every year, not like mid-table, right. all that. I I don't actually think it's Ligue 1. No, yeah. Because Lille have been really contesting for that number one spot for the last couple years. Lyon. And oh. on top of that, when you get past the top three or four in Liga, all the other teams are so mid mm-hmm. that they contest constantly and things move around yeah, quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. So, like, I, it's it's hard to say that it's not competitive. It's just I think there's a quite a large gap between 5th through 20th and the top five. Uh the Bundesliga, it's hard. The Bundesliga is also really competitive. Yep. It's not one where you would expect, looking at the league, that one team would win it 10 years in a row. But Bayern are just that much better than everyone else. It's a similar situation, but I, I would argue that the Bundesliga is more competitive than Liga. Um, The league that I would probably say right now is the least competitive and this is really just recency bias it's it, it changes yeah. a lot i mean probably i would say liga in two years ago yeah but i would say la liga really yeah why is that um i think that the lower level teams in la liga are not quality enough um like it they they have a pretty large gap compared to mid-table and upper-table teams. Like, the mid and upper section of La Liga is pretty good, mm. but I think there's a pretty large gap. And then when you go down to Liga 2, something I'm basing this on as well is the strength and quality of the second division because, yeah. you know, you get promotion relegation. Yeah, exactly. The, the Liga 2 Smart Bank, uh, which is... <laughs> that, you got to give it the full name. <laughs> the Smart Bank. The Smart Bank. It's not very competitive. No, yeah. It, I mean, it's really... It, I think it struggles financially as well. Mm. I, that that is just my my, you know, guess based on what I've read. I, I don't know that factually, but um, attendance is really low in that league. Yeah. So I just I would say right now that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it it's an interesting one because I, if you look at it from that way, I definitely say La Liga, but also if you look at it as like who has the easiest time each season oh like, for like the top team yeah like psg Bayern, or well i guess i wouldn't not say Juventus. Juve anymore th- yeah so i would probably say Bayern to be honest i just it's so hard to say that the bundesliga is a like weak league or a non-competitive yeah. league because but it's, it's incredibly team. good yeah and it's one team Bayern that are just way above yeah the, like it, it, everyone else is pretty i would i would put Bayern on the level of like man city ish and, oh, and... yeah, if you put Bayern in the Premier League, I think it's a top four for sure. Oh, my gosh, yeah, every single year. Yeah. And But, like, I would also take all the other Bundesliga teams and, and put them as, like, Brighton, Southampton, Burnley. Yeah. You know, like, these, mm-hmm. these kind of teams, which when you make a league of Brighton, Southampton, Burnley, Wolves, all of those teams, it's really West competitive. Ham, yeah. It's really competitive. So yeah. 
it, it's hard. There's two ways to look at it, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was one of the derbies. The Dare Classico. Yes. Second one, Merseyside, which you know, very polar opposite. Um, you know, I guess you could say motivation to win. Yeah, totally. one was relegation to stay, title. Yeah, one was to stay in the Premier League with Everton who dropped down into the relegation zone right before the match, actually, because Burnley won. And then the other one is Liverpool chasing a title. So I don't know when the last time that has happened, when yeah. it's been opposite sides of the table. I feel like Everton's always been around I, did, I think that I'm going to look it up right now, but it was somewhere within like 50 and 80 years that they've been in the Premier League. Or yeah. In the, in the, you're, you're in the no, English I don't think they... Flight. Yeah, they haven't been relegated in a very long time, if ever, uh, since it was named the Premier League. Um, but that game, Everton set out right away to just not play football at all. They were fouling. They set back very deep, but Liverpool did come through. Robertson scored, and then Origi, of course, scored against Everton. Um, later on, subbing in, we both had Liverpool winning. Um and yeah, Everton, it's looking very bleak for them. Totally. I just looked up the stat, and um, it's incredible. Uh, the the t- teams that are ranked for being in the top flight of English football the longest, Everton is first with 119 yeah. seasons, which is outrageous. So it could be... Such a long time. Could be the end. Could be the end of a 119-year span of them being in the top division in England. And with Frank Lampard leading the front. Now, I know, or we all know, that Frank has struggled in his last two jobs as manager. But I'm wondering what you think. Do you think that this would be the end of Frank as a manager if they go down? No. So where do you think he would go? I think he might stay. At Everton next year? Yeah. Really? Because he's. I think he's ready for the championship again after what he did with uh, Darby, and even though Darby are now relegated too, but he didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> um, but Wayne Wayne really fought for them. Yeah. I mean, they had a th- like 30-point deduction. 30-point deduction, transfer ban, yeah, so and like they couldn't I think if they didn't money. have that, they would be mid-table easily yeah. um, based on form. But I don't know. I think he'll either pick up a championship side or he'll stay with Everton in the championship if they go down. Um but yeah, overall, Liverpool got the job done. Like we said, it was going to be a close game. It was until, um, you know, midway through the second half, and uh, they just came through with it. And they then, did. I thought I thought it was going to be a close game. You did, like you said. Yeah. A lot of people were telling me that it wasn't. They're like, "Oh, it's going to be a blowout. Like Liverpool are yeah. going to go crazy." But I just—it's the Merseyside derby, and both teams have an incredible like uh, drive to to win that game for so many reasons like we talked about so it it was a close game and everton fought hard it wasn't one that you would see everton winning but props them for for a good fight and origi seems to score in every merseyside derby he does it's 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 absolutely crazy yeah it's it's insane Moving on now to the biggest derby of the week the cog derby we have to go over what happened in the class on grass derby now later we will do a combined 11 from the derby but right now we're just going to talk about the game itself which ended as a 2-2 draw after brighton went up 2-0 and bottled it to the free kick merchant himself yeah well i mean is he a merchant 
if he is only four away from David Beckham. You know, he. I know you've. Probably, I mean, he's definitely a merchant. But do you watch a lot of the games, like a of lot Southampton of, games? Do you watch him play? A lot? I fill my Saturdays with him. Yeah. <laughs> You 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 don't watch Brighton. You you're like no. Right, so is playing. Sa- a Saturday generally looks like for me: wake yeah. up, watch a 2016 Southampton match, yep. eat breakfast 2017 match, yep. and then just go through the seasons until 18, we get 19, 20 Brighton kickoff. And then I go to bed yep. watching a free kick montage yep. of James Ward Prowse. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty typical. Yeah. So I mean, as you know. He does a lot more than free kicks, but all of his goals are free kicks. So I guess you could say he he's a free kick merchant. Yeah, let's let's not get it twisted. But not in a negative way. No, he's oh well. It's kind of when I he he scores a lot of free kicks. Yeah, but he also does a lot for in game. I have a bit of a recency bias yeah. <laughs> to this one. I do. I don't think I can make a debate. I don't really have any evidence. I mean, I'm biased too. Well, I don't have any evidence. Exactly. But I would I I just I feel it. He's a bit of a merchant. Yeah, I mean, the only reason he has goals for us is because of the free kicks. Like his position, he's not going to score a lot of goals. Well, in the he's game only, he did. Yeah. We we can go through that. So <laughs> Yeah, it was 2-0, I believe right before halftime, he scored a free kick, as he mm-hmm. always does. And then like right before the break. Yeah. I was like, seriously, guys? <laughs> right now? Yeah. And also, it wasn't a typical James free kick. No, it was like, I think it bounced before it went in. It was very low across the body one. Um, it was. But then second half, Romeo with a nice little back heel to set up Ward Prowse, first time outside the box, finished to the bottom corner incredible um, goal yeah and an almost incredible assist i know you said the back heel yeah. was there but incredible assist well you have to respect he didn't even look back he what just... oriole has been doing this whole season yeah so and we'll i mean that will go into we, we, we will go into that yeah um a draw you know i think we i don't know if we said it out loud last episode we weren't we, allowed to we weren't producer, think, producer yeah. sutton said you guys each have to side yeah. with your team i don't think it's fair he, he to writes be the like, script sometimes yeah. but we kind of knew it was going to be a draw. I think the only prediction for a draw in like any game that's not like like you always like to say a lower percent chance of getting that right is this game where it's probably like 70% chance of draw. Yeah. I'd say. So, um 2-2. Two, two. It's even for the cog lads it is. and I think it's fair to say very entertaining game. But I would 100% agree. Now we can get into a combined 11. Combined 11, which, yeah. as I said in the beginning of the episode, we will incorporate full season performances and also the in-game performance from the COG Derby. So it'll be kind of a combination. Some players are going to be in there from their performance in the game. Some players are going to be in there because of their importance to the team. But without further ado, let's get this new graphic up, which was made by our media team absolutely fantastic graphic we have a bit of a delay it it does it does we have a bit of a delay but um but yeah it's an absolutely fantastic graphic and once again i mean it is we're gonna media team is great media team does really well with class and grass we're gonna run through defenders well goalkeeper and defender and then midfielders it's up on my screen too if we yeah yeah our, our screen's a bit delayed but um so yeah like you said we're going defenders first goalie and then back four 
Um, let's just get into it. Who's your Who's your goalie pick? Do you think? And this is based on the game, and then you know maybe mix in a bit of season form as well. Um, but mostly who performed well, the best in the game? Well, right, the goal which was from open play from James Ward Prowse was unstoppable. Yes, it was. It was really unstoppable. Yeah. So I don't think you can fault Rob at all for that, but uh, the free kick was definitely you could you could I mean it hit the post yeah. right but you could he could have read it better. That being said, I'm still gonna go with Rob. I think he had a better game. I think he's more essential to our team mm. and our team's performances this throughout this season as well. Um, and a near post or, or should I say a far post free kick that is away from the wall right. Uh, it, is quite difficult to stop when it's coming from someone like James Ward Prowse. He knows what he's doing. Exactly. And I I'll agree with you based on the game. Um I mean that first goal, uh Forster came out for a low driven cross. Uh him and Salisu kinda got mixed up, or I think him and Bednarek, maybe I don't remember. Um popped out to Welbeck who just put it into an empty net. So that's not great from yeah. a goalkeeper. And then the second goal was an own goal. He it's hard for him to save that. I do think in the last couple months he's been very good. He's made a lot of huge saves for us in a lot of games. But this game he was a bit off. Um so I I'll give it to Rob. So Robert Sanchez in net. Do you want to go right back to left? We'll go net? we'll go right back. Right center back, left center back, left back. Okay. So starting at right back, I would say so. KWP plays on the right side, correct? So he, this game he played, and a lot of the games he plays left back now this season because Tino Livermento has come in and really solidified his spot um, at right back. But uh, sadly, he did, I think, tear his ACL. His ECL. Um, his ECL. <laughs> ECML. <laughs> he tore uh, his ECNL. But so he'll be out for a long time. Sad to see. Hope he. Recovers. So I don't think we can put Livermore well, in. No, and he he played well, he but I. I would say I fancy KWP more. Yeah. I also looking at, you know, who we played at outside back other than Mark Cucurella, we have Joel Veltman. I don't think Joel Veltman makes it in either. I don't think he had So I think we either, can yeah. probably go with Cucurella and KWP, but the question is, does KWP play, play on the right side? He is a right back. That's He's right footed. So yeah. But he's been playing left back yeah, only because so. Livermore so, has played. So. so yeah, we'll go KWP on the right side and Mark Cucurella on the left side. Yeah. I, okay. I think. Kyle Walker Peters has been Fa- fantastic. Our best, if not second best player of the season. So and now he is one of England's. There you go. He, and he fully he deserved. Fully deserved. Oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, so now we can move to the center backs. You played in this game, Salisu and Bednarek, and I think we can get one out of the way pretty yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah. Salisu, who started the season really well, very well, has trailed very off well. a little bit and mm-hmm. definitely had a performance that he would not have wanted with an own goal. So I think great we finish can... to be fair. It was a really good finish. Very good finish. He did slot it. <laughs> he did slot it. Far post. <laughs> He's done well there. So um... you guys should maybe do a bit of a switch to striker. I know you said that in game. I was like, not a bad idea <laughs> when we're playing Shane Long up top, getting a bit of gold drought up there. Um, <laughs> it's a continued gold. Yeah. Drought. I mean, you live in the desert up there. Yeah, and I I feel bad um, for Salisu because <clears throat> it these past like five games he's been probably our worst defender <laughs> after being our best defender by far for the rest of the season but hopefully he comes back bounces back from this but i think yan bednarek has been 
consistent throughout his time at Southampton. Obviously, we're not going years here, but this game as well just shows. Yeah, I, I would say Ben yeah. gets in there. Um, It's hard because I do really like Webdini. Uh, yeah. I think Lewis definitely gets in. Yeah. I don't know what you think. Like Dunk's just also Dunk, been solid for so many Dunk years. Dunk is so good. And he was again good this game. Like he's always really good and he's solid. He doesn't make very many mistakes. He yeah. leads us, you know. I I just I see him as like the guy on our team right now, yeah. especially with our lack of veterans. So I would say he definitely gets into this combined eleven. I would love for Webdini too, but I don't think he does. So that solidifies the backline and goalkeepers. I know Suddy's been working very hard to get yeah. the backline and goalkeepers on so so if you have it done let's see it on the screen well we have about five minutes yeah i mean it it depends yeah that's true we do have a bit of a a late like delay yeah Yeah, no i mean it's up there for the people that's the main thing there it is i see it i see it now so there it is that's lovely study you've done a great job with that so um so there it is for uh for the backline and goalkeepers but now we need to move on to the midfielders um we're starting with a bit of a cheeky one with James Ward-Prowse. I think we need to obviously. I put think him in it's there. unanimous decision. I, if you're scoring I, two goals from midfield okay. in one game, yeah. Um, again, great player. You could say player of the season, <laughs> just like you could say Hassani of the season. The, He's gonna get like five Hassani of the weeks in a row yeah. to finish the season. Yeah, exactly. Um. JWP, KWP, great players. Um, yeah, I think he was just unstoppable again this game. And Oh, let me just pause right there. Ave Green said the visuals are extremely impressive. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean... We just great. have to thank the fans for that. Yeah, it's great. It's all love from the fans. It is. Um, but, yeah, James gets in there without a doubt. I think Oriel Romeo, like you said has had an incredible season yes. for us as well. Just a solid defensive midfielder. I he, think those two definitely should get in. Even Pep has said this season when we played him, he's like, he's... Pep is like, I'm going to buy Oriole. He's like, he's one of the best midfielders. To be fair, do you think there's a chance considering Fernandinho's leaving? He could easily fit in that. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> His passing and he's like Fernandinho. He'll just put in a tackle and... Dude, he like, will. He'll absolutely obliterate yeah. someone if he needs to. So... We're putting those two in, though. I'm a oh, Brighton fan, and I'm yeah. telling you right now, Oriel Romeu that duo. and JWP are in there. The The more questionable one is who the third midfielder is. So Well, we don't have another midfielder. So, so we have, have to look to be, at Brighton. Yeah. Um, our, our options right now, and I'm going to name three, mm-hmm. would be Moises Caicedo, who has come into the team in the past four games, four or five games. I think I talked about him last episode. Yeah. We also have Eve Basuma, who obviously had some issues and shenanigans about <laughs> three months shenanigans ago. Shenanigans is one word. Shenanigans is one way to describe yeah. it. About three months ago, he's fine now and like he's playing, but he did miss a bit of action and he yeah. did not even show like he wasn't even playing in this game. No. So I don't really think we can put Eve in no. the game. Yeah. So the other one would be Enoch, who had a pretty good game i would say i'd say first half um when you guys were playing well yeah like when when the team was actually doing anything positive he was all over the place the computer was (laughs) the computer all over the place and i think that was the first time i've ever seen him play and he's just got energy here's the thing about him like (laughs) like he'll be in the opponent's 18 yard box 
And then about five seconds later, he is in a full freight train sprint <laughs> into our six yard box. Yeah. Like it's he's got the incredible. Engine. Like I yeah. but you would have to think that it's a hassle for Graham because he just he's all over the place. You gotta let him free roam as a like central midfielder. And so you he doesn't really like he defends, but he doesn't like defend in a team sense. So he just runs after he's whatever he wants. He's just on his own out there. He just runs yeah. after whatever he wants. He was effective though, the first half. He um, is. And yeah, I think I agree he should be in there. So we have our three Enoch and Wepu. James Ward Prowse and Oriel Romeo. Yeah. Okay. So that concludes. Sadi, I I assume you've been working on it as yeah, we've been talking. I'm sure you've got it um, ready. There. So you can pop those up there yeah. the uh, JWP, Oriel, and Mr. Enoch and Wepu. By the way, if you guys there haven't seen, that's a beautiful study. Great yeah. job. Um, if you he even he even knew to put Oriel at, at holding it. That's really good. Eight, number eight. <laughs> he's he's done so that's well with the, the formation yeah. here. He he's learning his soccer knowledge. Um, McRae, thank you for that. James Ward Prowse's class on the pitch. Too. Oh yeah, thanks, Cray. Great take from McRae. Yes, yeah. Cray Cray has a very good. You should be on the pod. IQ. We should have McRae on the pod. Yeah. Uh, also, Peep Pigeon, hello. <laughs> I I missed that one. So sorry about that. Um, yeah. let's, let's just move on from the midfielders now. Although I do want to touch on the fact that if you are a FIFA player watching this <laughs> podcast, please go buy Enoch and Wepu's, uh, recent inform card as he is in, as the FIFA community would call Hullet gang now with all 80 Ward plus also stats. Has that. Does he really? I remember I sent you that card. Is it for this year? He has, uh, is it like one of the scream cards? It's one of the special events. I can easily pull it up here, okay. but, um, I mean, two of our players are Holy Gang, which is really just great. Yeah. That's... No, for you. Oh yeah, I thought I mean. Oh, but two. captains. So oh. it's like captain. I don't know. Who if you knows. if you were to like morph those words together, it sounds a bit like bad. Yeah, but that <laughs> that card is incredible. Yeah, that's really really good. So yeah. yeah, go pick up the JWP foot captains card, and then also the Enoch and Webu inform to get your midfield solidified. Um, now moving on to the forwards. Yep. Uh, let's go left to right. I would say. Uh yeah. Or right to left. What do you want to do? Left to right, I'd okay. say. Sounds good. Um We don't so if if yeah. I'm thinking about who we have, we have Trissard, and we like he does play left sometimes, but he also plays right. He's kind of like a free roamer. We have Alexis McAllister, he also kind of free roams. Um like up there. It's it's more of we play with more like two attacking mids or like wider attacking mids. We don't really play with wingers because we play a three back. Our outside players are usually Tariq Lamptey and Sully March or like some combination of a few of like Kugrel might move up there. Yeah. Or whatnot. So it's hard because this left wing left back can get confused. So I don't really think it's right for like, especially on the left side for a Brighton player to take it up, considering I'm thinking of one player who's been pretty good for you guys this season and was pretty good in that game. I don't know if you're thinking of him too. It's Mr. Nathan. Redmond or Tella? Tella. Tella. Redmond, yeah. Redmond doesn't get it. No, I Redmond was kind of non-existent in this game. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know how, but he is our leading assist. He's got five assists this season. I know, but he's got zero goals. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but Nathan Tella, young player, academy player, you love to see him starting, and every time he plays, he does bring something that like no one else has on our team, which is just pace and running at defenders. Um, and it's effective too, and. I think he was very effective this game. I don't know what you think. Um, 
But out of the wingers that were playing, I think he was one of the better ones. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I mean, you guys had Nathan Redmond, Nathan Tella. We had uh, really just Leandro Trossard, who played attacking mid, but yeah. I, I consider him a winger myself just because of like the way he moves out wide and sort of is able to... Like he he cuts in a lot and like gets out wide, cuts in, and then finds a shot. So mm-hmm. like he he really free roams, and I consider him more of a winger than a ten. Especially considering we now have uh, Mwepu and James Ward Prowse at, at those two attacking mid spots. So I think Tello goes on the left. I would I would argue Trissard could go on the right. I think so. I he's had a very good season for you. He most recently he scored the winner against Tottenham away. Um, I think. I mean, you can speak to this, but I think you're still wanting more goals from him um, and overall, but he seems like he does pull the strings in the attack for you. Um, he dribbles a lot more and is more effective than, I'd say, Neil or Welbeck yeah. trying to dribble. <laughs> so Welbeck and Neil aren't really dribblers, no. if being honest. No, I think he's the only one who can create Alexis something. can create with on the dribble, but he's not as talented as Landry Tristan. No, yeah, I think he can do something, create something on his own more than any other player you have. So I, I, I like him at right wing. Yeah, yeah definitely. So we'll we'll go Trissard at right wing and Tella at left wing. Yep. Study for you as you like start to make those. And then up top... um. I mean, the options are Broja, Che. Who came on for like 20 minutes. Yeah, Che. Shane Long. Shane. Neil. Neil and Danny. Danny Welbs. And only one of them scored Yeah. in this game, even though it was a tap-in. Yeah. I mean, I think we can immediately knock off. Well, first one I want to knock off is Broja, because he only got 20 minutes. And also, yeah. I just got a text from Mr. Chris Larson. Or my dad. Oh, yes. Um, And it said, Broja has a better chance of finding a needle in a haystack than the back of the goal. And I think that really just enunciates how poor he's been over the past couple months. Yeah, I would have to agree. Even as a Southampton fan, Chelsea's $60 price tag for him looks a bit (laughs) of a joke now. (laughs) Like, start of the season, he was running all over. Work rate was a high high if you're on FIFA. Yeah. He was doing everything. He was scoring. Um, and then, you know, ever since, like, pretty much the turn of the year, he's just lost all of that, all confidence. He isn't even passing well when, like, he's shooting instead of passing. <laughs> it's just all over the place with him. I have it's like doubts. picking up the ball in the yeah. field. <laughs> he's, he's just picking it up all the time. Uh, I, I have doubts. He got to use his feet. Yeah, I have doubts of signing him permanently now especially if it's going to be 60 million 60 is a lot yeah i mean he has potential he's very good player but just form wise it might be a bit of a risk from the board to pay that much for a player it's good that he's showing you his inconsistencies before you spend 60 million yeah if he still was scoring and he had like a 15 like 20 goal season and then you paid 60, and then, like, yeah. the first six months of next year, he just, like, didn't score at all. Which happens to every striker we have, yeah. so it wouldn't have been that big. <laughs> um, so it's not Broja. No. It's not Che. I, I'm going to write off Che right now. Did you see Che body, like, two players at one time? Yes, again? I did. That was incredible. That, so it puts it, it boosts him, but I just think Che's overall yeah. performance sort of reduces the boost. Yeah. And actually puts him in the negative zone. Oh, okay. I I'm not a huge Che fan myself. No, you are. No. I love Che. You do. Yeah. I'm more of a Shane fan myself. Really? Okay. Well, I, 
I think I, I think he's think overcome Shane's... so many obstacles. Yeah. <laughs> and still doesn't score. <laughs> even even that. So I, I don't think Shane or Che are in there, which leaves Neil or Wellbeck. Neil doesn't get it. No, I think Wellbeck would. Wellbeck I mean Wellbeck gets it. Performance in the game, pretty good. Solid. Neil Performance. Was... Neil is just Neil has more goals. Neil has eight. Wellbeck has three. You know, I was half expecting him to score in like the ninety again. Neil? Yeah. Neil is good at that. Because that's what he does, but he is, he didn't. he's really good at that. So I think Wellbeck might take the cake here and yes. finish off the combined eleven. Yes. So our strikers are or our attackers are Nathan Tella, Danny Wellbeck, and Mr. Leandro Chosard. Let's get him up on the screen, Suddy. Sweet. There it is. <laughs> Fantastic graphics from the main it's man. Fantastic. Sutton, producer Sutton. He's done so well there. And uh, overall, let us know if you liked this kind of thing. We might do more. We're bringing back the Swag 11. I haven't talked Very about that, but soon. I did post it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, we're bringing back the Swag 11 at Very some soon. point. So keep your eyes peeled for that and keep coming to episodes for that. Um, but yeah, let us know how you like this and these kind of graphics. Um, and if you want to see more of them. Without further ado, shall we move on to predictions for this next week? I think we shall. Perfect. All right, so let's get the predictions screen up. The three games that we will be predicting are Pumas versus the Sounders in the CONCACAF Champions League, a very prestigious competition. The final of the CONCACAF Champions League. It is. Many people are going to be watching. Everyone's tuning in. It's I have the date on my calendar. Just yep. the whole day is blocked for yep. tailgating. I'm a Pumas fan. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Who's your favorite player? I don't release information like that. Didn't Pumas actually have? Oh no, was that Tigres who had Geniac at one point? Tigres. Tigres had Geniac. I I like Alfredo Talavera. You're an Alfredo. The, goal, Tal- the goalkeeper. Let me let me. I have a list on my phone. Oh yeah, of your favorite players. Or on yeah. my computer. Let me find my favorite player. Yeah. I am a fan of Juan Ignacio Dineno. Okay. Juan's my kind of player. I mean, he's he looks like a, a he's a very young up and coming player. Yeah, I mean, he's someone that I've been following pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got a four point nine five million dollar price tag on him. Six appearances, <laughs> seven goals in the CONCACAF Champions League. I, I'm So my guy, I'm more of like a veteran. Um, <laughs> he's 39. <laughs> um, he's got an eight, 880,000. Uh, Price market. tag. Yeah, very valuable player uh, for Pumas. He has <laughs> five. He's a, still five, playing. Five appearances, six goals conceded. No, in that's in the CONCACAF Champions League. Oh, yeah. So he's playing. Yeah, and my guy... Six appearances, seven goals in the CONCACAF Champions League. We've he's conceded, he's conceded well. a little more than one per game. That's really good. In overall, and that's very good for the Pumas. Team. I mean, he's he's done well there. Uh, for for <laughs> for my lad Juan Dineno, he's got forty seven percent of his team's goal nice. participation. hundred percent of the time, he's in the starting eleven. He has ninety nine percent of the minutes. So he's really just covering a lot he's, of ground. He's there, there always. He, he is on this team. Yeah. So without further ado, let's pick. Yeah. Our prediction. Do you want me to start? Or do you want you to start? Oh, and it, it's a first leg. It is a first way, leg. So it could be a draw. Yeah. Do you want me to start? Or do you want you to start? You can start. Okay. I'm going to go with a Pumas win here and Juan wow. Dineno to get three goals. Three goals. <laughs> <laughs> Juan's my wow. G. Juan okay. and I, he's 27. Yeah. Really similar in age, me and him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're friends back and forth on the texts. 
he's thinking about coming onto the pod. Really? Yeah. Okay. Juan said that. So yeah. Um, um. Yeah. Three goals for him. Yeah. This respect. So similar to your friend, my friend <laughs> concedes a goal every game. Maybe so, like it's it's an interesting one. It's not a stat I would brag about, but it is a good stat. So he's consistent. The way you framed yeah. it, I I let a goal in every game. <laughs> so I'm going with a one nil Sounders win. Oh, because he concedes yeah. a goal every game. Um, so you don't think Juan's gonna get friend, on the score sheet? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, Jordan Morris will get on the score sheet. Mm. A, another friend of mine. I've seen him in Seattle when he's rehabbing. You have, yeah. I talked to him. I've been in his rehab, his whole rehab, you know, arc. You've been with him yeah, the whole time. The whole time. His you journey. actually were with him for, for part of his rehab. Yeah. So, you know, I have to have bet on him. It's. Does he know about Class on Grass Media? Yeah. He. Okay. He was wearing the sweatshirt <laughs> when he was rehabbing. But uh, that's predictions for the first match. Uh, second one is the Europa League semifinal. Leg, leg one. one. The Hammers versus Frankfurt. Um, West Ham beat Lyon in the last round. Frankfurt beat Barcelona. Um, two very good wins for them to advance. And should I start with this one? Yeah, you got it. Um, West Ham win. And I think at the London Stadium, it's going to be rocking. Frankfurt. I bringing 45,000 yeah, fans. I don't think Frankfurt <laughs> will be allowed to bring as many fans. Which I think contributed. Frankfurt to their shows win. up with an army. It's just Frankfurt fans. Like, <laughs> literally no West Ham fans. But we forgot to talk about how the Amex was just bright or just Southampton oh, yeah. fans it, it from the Cog Derby. Yeah, you need to figure out your way. It's, <laughs> it's just it looks like Wembley. Like it does. Half, it's a so. half and half game. Um, but yeah, West Ham win for me. What do you, What about you? I am one who has developed a strong. Oh. A keenness on the draw. Oh, um, you know uh, I have. Okay. I'm respecting the odds. Yeah. You know, respecting the predictions, odds, and whatnot. Well, so you I, improved last week. Yeah, two and one. I mean, I'm, I'm. I know you got in the studio and you're like you're fifty percent, and I had to remind you. Yeah. It's not twelve out of twenty-four. It's twelve. Yeah. Eighteen and, and eighteen. Can we just you talk about that? Can we talk 50%. about it? <laughs> Can we talk about it? We could talk about it, but I think people are going to be talking more when I go 3-0 and next week. I'm doing unprecedented things, right? We've never seen this in the game before. <laughs> yeah, never. I'm almost you know what else we haven't seen in the game? Yeah. A 33.33 repeating percent. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great to see. And uh, so, so you're, you're a draw. I'm a draw. I'm predicting 22,000 Frankfurt fans. Oh, yeah. Should, should that be another prediction? Yeah, you want to predict it? I'm um, predicting 22,000 Frankfurt fans in the London Stadium. I'm saying 15. Okay. Um, There's still that's still a traveling battalion. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really so good. Huge. Um, and then the final match: Manchester United versus Chelsea, a top four clash um, in the Premier League. And what do you think about this one? I know both teams have had a bit of a struggle recently. They have, um, but I think, I think this is a Chelsea win. And really away at the Trafford. Yeah, away. I think there's like six goals at the Stratford end for Chelsea. Wow. <laughs> I'm, that's not on the record. <laughs> We're not writing that one down. Yeah. Um, no, I I would say a Chelsea win. Um, yeah, I, I reckon this is this is my take. I don't have any reason for this, but as my record speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> draw for me. So you're pulling out a draw. Yes. Okay. An eight, 18 to 18 draw. <laughs> 
It's my prediction. It's, it's going to reflect your absolute, score. Absolute goal fest. Um, I don't even know what that averages out per minute, goal per minute. But let me uh, let me do the calculation. Let's see here. Thirty six. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could just add. Did you see how quick that was? That was incredible. Well, you did have a math test today. You like that? You did have a math test today. Yeah. I did too. Mm-hmm. But we don't need to discuss yeah. the details on that. Um, let's see here. That's a goal every 0.4 of a minute, which would be, well, let's just do. <laughs> no, every point. Yes, time 60. Um, that's a goal every 24 seconds. 24 seconds? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a game. That's <laughs> an unreal game. You should look forward to that. Um, <laughs> end to end stuff. Yeah, end to end. Uh, and then we can finish off with fantasy as always. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it, it's, it's fantasy. <laughs> it, it, it is fantasy. I don't think. <laughs> we don't really put as much effort into our fantasy team. No, you see me, I'm I'm hitting the mark. Two under the average is ideal. I mean. it's I'm close. I mean, you've exceeded you, drastically. You rejoice when, <laughs> when, when you captain Ward Prowse and he scores two goals. He has 30 points for me on my fantasy team. Um, De Bruyne chips in there. Uh, Simikas. <laughs> Still not sure what Simikas is doing with Simikas has decided to stop yeah. playing a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, you're under. And Fernandez with a bit of a negative. <laughs> but he's playing Chelsea and he's gonna score like 10 goals because <laughs> it's 18 to 18 so Ronaldo him, with eight him and mount 10. him and mount in the midfield it's really um, it's important to remember yeah uh but yeah your fantasy you're under the average uh but it's close it's really close emmanuel dennis, dennis. did really well there with 10 points i'm really happy with that leandro with seven as well um emerson royale with eight mm. You, I mean, you like to see it. It's obviously there are improvements to be had in both sectors, the draft and the regular. Yeah. But I respect the performance. Yeah. Simikas for my draft also, he decided not to show up. Mm. I'm waiting, <laughs> as you are. Uh, ben Rama not really contributing too much in the draft. But overall, I mean, I'm not disappointed with the week. 29 in the draft, 38 in the regular. I'm really close to average. You know, I would say I'm I'm an average fantasy player, so I think it's a respectable yeah. sort of alignment to my level. Uh, Nick Pope and James Ward Prowse were my two highest scorers. They've done very well. Um, yes, and just a great great week for both of my teams. I I feel like I, I think I Dinier got also yeah. did well for you. D- Dinier, <laughs> you know. He's Getting also, the zero, it helps improve the confidence. Kalechi as well wasn't <laughs> quite there on the day, but overall, I I'd say I'm happy with the where I am for predictions and fantasy. Yeah, you, you I think you can always improve. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that concludes the Class on Grass weekly podcast for this week. A lot of weeks in there. Weekly podcast. Uh, weekly, 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 weekly of week, the, week the week of the week podcast. Sponsored by The weekend. With that, peace.